0: This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comté-usa.com. That's comte dot
1: Meet and 3 is back. We're kicking off our fourth season and celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary with a very special episode about our home. Brooklyn. Roberta's
2: was such an interesting place with such a strong gravitational pull and attracted
0: all these different groups.
1: The neighborhood has changed a lot over the past decade from its culinary renaissance to the complicated implications of gentrification. I would say the majority of the people who are members of our co-op definitely have a certain purchasing power,
2: are mostly white, and we are trying to change
1: that. We're taking you on a journey that spans the birthplace of food radio to buzzy neighborhood pollinators to the transformative health journey of our borough president.
0: That was my moment of, you know, wow, someone has thrown me a life raft and I'm going to take it.
1: Subscribe to meetin 3. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: And welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santigade. On today's show, I'm excited to begin a discussion about cheese work during different phases of life and when you've got different things going on. To kick things off, I've asked a friend and cheese colleague, Jessica Kesselman, to join me in studio today. Jessica is currently an account executive at Cardews McKenna Marketing. It's like I was anticipating that uh, Cardews McKenna Marketing line. (laughs) So... Cardews McKenna is a specialty broker. And before that, Jessica started a nonprofit and community farm to help save suburban agriculture. And we before tried. You know, <laughs> to try and save. We'll hear more about that, I'm sure. Before that, Jessica was a cheesemonger at Lucy's Way and Murray's Cheese Shop. So, you know, when I first got into cheese, my life was pretty independent and uncomplicated. I lived by myself with very few big responsibilities. And I would say that's certainly not the case for my guest today.
1: (laughs) Jessica (laughs) was definitely not (laughs) right.
2: Jessica was already married with kids when she started working in cheese. And as she has grown her family, she's also stayed the course and continues to work in the specialty cheese world, which I think is compelling and interesting. I'm excited to talk about that. I asked Jessica to come on the show with me today to talk about the convergence of these two experiences, her cheese work and her family life, and I'm so excited to learn more about her background and approach. Jessica, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Thank you, (laughs) Alina. It's good to be here. Yes. it's Well, and welcome back, really, since you were on an episode, as we were talking about years (laughs) ago. Yes, years ago. With Diane. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So... In talking about doing this show together, you mentioned to me something that I found really interesting and that I didn't really know, which was that if it weren't for parenthood, you said you may not have gotten into the cheese industry. That's right. And yeah. I so tell us tell us about how that can be because that was I was like, "What? What an interesting <laughs> way to come at it."
1: I was looking for a part-time low-paying job in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> not something you hear when you've had your second child and you're you know trying to make it in the big city as a family Mm -hmm. um that would have been something more appropriate in my you know 20s when I was still figuring out what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. but um so I was working in education I Mm -hmm. worked in the Exciting world of school reform. Oh, very uplifting.
2: um, Yes.
1: (laughs) So I had been in the classroom in the South Bronx when I first started. Mm -hmm. And then. uh, And you
2: lived in the city?
1: I lived in the city and moved out to San Francisco uh, for a number of years and Mm -hmm. then came back with my husband after our first child was born to be closer to family. Okay. And so I was putting jobs together in the school reform universe and my contract had ended mm-hmm. and then I had um my son and when it was you know when I felt ready to go back to work mm-hmm. you know I I had this moment of sitting in front of my computer and back then it, you found a job on Craigslist uh-huh. back back when Craigslist <laughs> was like yes, legit I'm dating myself here but no, I um, remember those days too. yeah so it, it was Maybe 2000, late 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at, um, I typed in part time job <laughs> in the job search. So that was your criteria. Yeah, I was looking for something with flexibility. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I was actually about to interview for a literacy research job. Mm-hmm. And um, this part time cheesemonger positions at Murray's kept popping up mm. over and over and over again. And I have, and an affinity for Murray's. I was born on Bleecker Street. Oh that's wow! Where I lived. There's an embarrassing childhood story of me dumping <laughs> grated Parmesan Reggiano on my head when I was a toddler, <laughs> like in a store. Um, and uh, and I just decided, you know, like wh- what do I want to do right now? How do I want to spend my time? Right. And and my husband was supportive, and we just decided to go for it. And I interviewed, mm-hmm. and. Um, And I got it.
2: So at that point, your what were you most looking for? Was it the flexibility? Was it also part of your budget that needed filling? Um, Was it that you were, you know, ready to get out of that track of school reform and trying to sort of throw stuff on the wall to see what would stick? Yeah. Where were you at in those?
1: Well, you know, working in schools, in public schools in New York City in particular, is stressful. And mm-hmm. even if you're not working directly with kids, you're working with the system, it's stressful. Mm. And, um, you know, <laughs> the money would have been nice, but mm. it, for me it was about peace of mind. It mm. was about, I, I love to work. I needed to work. Mm. And um, there was a lot of nostalgia right. connected mm. to, like, working for an institution in New York City. And I'm not talking about the institutions of public schools. I'm talking about
2: <laughs> Murray's. Murray's.
1: And, you um, and the job actually ended up being at the counter in Grand Central. Oh, busy spot! I love that building. Yeah, and so it's I was gorgeous. Like, oh my gosh, how much more New York can I get? And I, so true. I love a challenge. Mm-hmm. I love to do the hard work. <laughs> I was the one who volunteered to work on New Year's Eve and you know the day before Thanksgiving. Like, oh, my that's word. just, that's just, I love it. The busier, the better. Um, but I knew nothing about cheese. Hmm and i was excited to learn it was a job a dream job like oh you're gonna teach me everything i need to know and um had you felt that you weren't
2: really learning much in your previous work
1: you know i i was every day Hmm. every day but um but i felt like you know at that point you either start to really go all in Hmm. you could you could have you know it, it, the only way, the only thing I could have done was to just keep working harder, longer hours, mm-hmm. you know, going up to a higher and higher position. Um, and it really wasn't making me happy. Mm-hmm. I wanted more of a work life, you know, family life balance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, you know, I had, I had a precocious toddler mm-hmm. and then a, you know, like, I guess he was about seven months old, six months old at that time when wow. I decided to go back to work. So, yeah. Um, so I really was just looking for something a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. uh, to manage and to be able to leave at work because I had worked for about 10 years by that point Oh, more than 10 years at a job that woke me up at three in the morning with, you know, mm. panic, mm. you know, Oh my God, what am I going to do about this, this kid or, oh no. or this assignment or this responsibility? And I didn't want to do that anymore.
2: And now you had at that point, then you had two kids. <laughs> waking had you other up. other things waking me up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So yeah. you,
2: you started Murray's. You started and cheese.
1: Yeah. Well, I told you, I told you this, um, when we talked, um, about me coming on. I showed up at my first day in Tiva's. I'm so glad you're mentioning this. I, <laughs> and like, I don't know how, I mean, maybe I was sleep deprived, but like the I, whole concept of like working with knives and <laughs> having to wear clothes, toed shoes, well, you know, you know,
2: you don't know don't until know. you know.
1: Right. I mean, and, <laughs> you know, we often say, you know, cheese people are the best people, people, are patient with you. Mm. They meet you with where you're at. I think it's true with customers and Hmm. colleagues. Mm. And, um, so you didn't get fired on your first day. I did not, but I (laughs) was mortified. (laughs) I think my hair was tied back. I'm not even sure about that. That's an easier one to fix regardless. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it was a, it was the start of rush hour on like a Tuesday or Thursday. Those were my shifts. So it was like late afternoon or closing shift. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it was just sink or swim.
2: So how did it play out once you got, you know, you had a certain set of expectations, you're getting into it for this flexibility, leave Mm -hmm. work at home. Um, You know, what did reality start to look like? Did it match what you expected or how did it differ at all?
1: Well, um, one of the things that I always appreciate about Moms and dads, when they decide to go back to work after having a kid, and mm-hmm. they might feel some trepidation about it. I always remind them, that you get a chance to miss mm. your child. Mm. You're with them all day, right. and and for a lot of parents, maybe you've been with them every day right. <laughs> since they've been yeah. born. And to go back to work gives you a chance to have a little distance, yeah, have a little space, and be like, I can't wait to get home and see them, you know. Mm. And so I always saw it from that perspective. But also going to work was like, oh my god, I can breathe. <laughs> I get to be alone. And I get to talk with, with coworkers, adults, interesting people. Yeah. And um, and my my husband also has a job that's pretty flexible. He's mm-hmm. a pilot, and so he would he would walk in the door, and I would walk out, mm-hmm. and um, still get home. I would get home early enough that we had time together. But
2: the two of you, you yeah, yeah. But
1: um. But it was nice to have something that was separate, mm. and um, and I still it didn't really disrupt anything, mm. um, and and so that was great. Uh, but I have to I have to mention that this was also at a really exciting time. Yeah, frame that put us for, in context. Yeah, so you know I had no idea uh, about cheese. I mm. knew about retail, um, mm-hmm. but. I had no idea what I was about to become a part of. And that was this, it was the beginning of this real catapult of American artisanal cheese. Right. And Murray's was like at the forefront. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you would hear about a cheese maker named, you know, Meadow Creek Dairy Santa <laughs> Wheel. And they want to know what we think about it. I remember wow. Coupole. I remember, you know, even you know, seeing cheeses before they figured out their packaging and like, you know, or. These
2: cheeses that are so iconic now, Grayson and companies that are, I mean, Vermont Creamery went on to Mm -hmm. just become something so huge. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And uh, Jasper Hill. And um, so it was, it was an exciting time. And, uh, you know, you learn pretty fast. What's so funny to me is to think that at some point in my Mom fog, my mm-hmm. mommy brain. I still had enough room to memorize like hundreds of PLU <laughs> numbers for the scale. That's incredible. And, but you know, it's um, you just the brain adapts and and uh, and you know, it, it was a lot of fun. It was it was really wild to be a part of that mm-hmm. time in cheese. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's been interesting to stay in the industry and yeah. see where where a lot of those, you know, people are now.
2: Hmm. Now, as you've stayed in the industry, did you find, how did you find your kind of like cheese explorations, your expertise? Like how did these elements of the professional life grow as you also were raising your kids and sort of managing things in what I assume is a very busy house? Yeah.
1: (laughs) So I remember, what I do remember about, my interview was talking about the relationship between the producer and the consumer Mm. and, um, and specifically about maybe even the farmer Mm. and that, that's been something that has stuck with me all the way through. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't think I was making it up during the interview. I think I, I had, you know, my time in California, I had really Mm. learned to appreciate food and where food comes from and local food systems uh, and then coming back to New York City, um, this was a way to stay involved, and with that, um, it definitely influenced my career choices after that. But mm-hmm. um, but I started cooking mm-hmm. at home, um, which you I hadn't done a lot before. We did, in you know, as in California, it was really easy to. Mm-hmm. um oh, when the I, produce
2: in California. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, so my kids, you know, we, I was making my own baby food, you know, I was doing all of that, but hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but sometimes it was just like peel a banana and just spoon it out, you know, but, um, but it became very important to me. Hmm. And, um, and it was, it's something that's important to my kids Hmm. and their relationship, not just to food, but to the food economy, where Hmm. you buy food, where your money goes when you buy food, who's making a profit off of you know, that that's something that's just kind of part of who they are. Mm. Um, it's kind of funny when they start questioning their it's amazing. Like, you know, their friends on play dates, like, about like, you know, I don't know, asking them about the food they're eating or the package they're opening. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> actually, it. yeah, we're pretty popular. People like to come over and have dinner at our house. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I made popcorn for uh, one of my daughter's friends and um i made it on the stove with a pot amazing and she had never seen <laughs> popcorn made before and her eyes popped out of her head because right. she just thought never, it was like well you don't see popcorn a until products. it's popped right, right? Mm-hmm. even if you put it in the microwave you never actually see the popcorn right um and and my daughter my oldest amelia was just looking at her friend like you seriously? Really? Like
2: you didn't you, know? You how know? do you have this perspective? Yeah, that's so, really great.
1: So I think it's it's in many ways this job and food and and being a representative for mm. people who are producing these beautiful cheeses, which is um, what you do now. Yes, mm-hmm. but it makes you a critical thinker.
2: Totally. Um, okay, I'm going to pause us there. Mm-hmm. It's time for a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment with more conversation on parenting and cheese life and all the above.
0: This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin, in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fritiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Comté. Comté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Comté is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Comté is the same. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com.
2: Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and I'm here with Jessica Kesselman chatting about her experience as a parent in the cheese industry. So, Jessica, now for... As we head into the second half of the show, I'm curious to hear about your current role at Cardews McKenna and how how that has either changed the kind of like balance and dynamic with your family life. And, um, also time has passed. So your children are older. I'm curious about like being, having kids that aren't in that like early intense kind of like, ah,
1: kind of phase.
2: Um, tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days.
1: So now I work for, um, a specialty food broker. Mm -hmm. So we represent Many companies at different stages of their um, operations, so maybe some of them are very new, some have been around for a while, but don't have representation Mm. in certain parts of the country. Mm. So we fill that void for them. So we work with distributors and retailers and we do a food service uh, and we provide them with a lot of support we're trying to get their products out there.
2: And it's really like sales and marketing mm-hmm. and just promoting the products, yep. getting it in front of the buyers and the right people.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It. So it's not unlike being on the counter, mm-hmm. but, um,
2: at a different link in the supply chain, at a different way, link right? in the
1: supply chain. And what's funny is I always tell people if I could stay on the counter forever, mm-hmm. I would, that's, that's the job I love the most because again, frontline, mm-hmm. I like that intensity. I love the interaction with customers, But financially, Hmm. it did start to take a a toll on us. Uh, We got priced out of Manhattan. Hmm. And so we had to move up. We moved up to the burbs, partly because my um, husband didn't work in the city. So he was reverse commuting and it just became easier and cheaper To move out. Right. And at that time, my daughter was about to enter kindergarten. My son was starting preschool. So it was like mm. that perfect cutoff time. You know, right. Those are the natural breaks. When you're going right. to make a big move, it always has to do with school. Right. Um, so I was going back and forth to the city. Wow. Um and, you know, it was expensive, mm-hmm. you know, I was driving, sometimes I take the bus, I live over on the other side of the Hudson, so we didn't have a direct way
2: in. How long would it take you to get to Grand Central?
1: Well, um, uh, on the we well, I would work on the weekends on mm-hmm. a you know, and that was easy because there was no traffic. Right. Um, Uh, but during the week it was, I was off hours. Mm. I was missing rush hours. So I see I planned this all very carefully. Very
2: strategic. (laughs) And,
1: uh, thank you. (laughs) And then, uh, and then I was over at Lucy's way. It was the same thing. Hmm. So, you know, and sometimes it was a banner day. I'd get street parking, you know? Oh, amazing. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so money became an issue Hmm. and also weekends. I wanted to stop working weekends, Hmm. you know? So here's another thing that I discovered about parenting that, people find out like as they go and then they yeah. pass it on to the ones Oh yeah, up. let's hear it so not everyone's going to agree with me but when your kids are younger mm-hmm. it's cute to you know they're cute it's cute to be around them when they're cute <laughs> <laughs> truth <laughs> is they I didn't find that they needed me as much as I thought I needed them like yeah. oh I, I have to be home with right. them no th- I'm finding they need you more when they're older. Uh, they they need you around. There's more to manage. There's more challenges the mm. socially, emotionally. Hmm. They need you to drive them places. <laughs> um, they're involved in a lot more things. They've got more complex social relationships. Huh. They need help navigating.
2: Yeah. Um, it makes sense. It's It's so true that I think nobody really talks about it mm-hmm. beyond like those early sort of like Physical care, right? Like I have a baby that I have to hold all the or, time, or, or I'm um,
1: feeding them, right? Like, right, literally
2: like, like, <laughs> every two hours, I yeah. have to be with them. But yeah, but it's such a good point about how their needs become maybe more deeper, more complex. Yeah,
1: and now mm. I have one in high school. Um, my son is autistic, which is a whole other level to this whole thing because mm-hmm. he was being diagnosed when I first started working at Marie's, mm. and so it became very important to me. To be working somewhere where I felt like I can give my mind a rest. I'm under a lot of stress. And also the flexibility that comes with retail, that you can switch shifts with people. And I worked with the most amazing people. Shout out to all of you. I know some of them are probably listening. (laughs) Um, Did you work with
2: any other parents at
1: that time? So this is is really interesting, and it's remained a theme. Um, Not many. Hmm. In fact, I think... At when I first was hired, uh, there was one and mm-hmm. he was a manager. Mm-hmm. And um, But this was at Grand Central. There may have been, there were a few more at Bleecker Street. Right. But that's how it's been most. Mm-hmm. And still today, uh, I find that socially, the people I socialize with and cheese don't generally have kids. A lot of people are younger. Mm-hmm. I s- feel like I started late, that mm-hmm. I got into this industry late. I was 32. Well,
2: it's funny. We've talked about a little bit off air about like how there's almost this, there's like the early 20s. Oh, I'm doing cheese while I'm in school or, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to pursue this other thing. And then people just kind of continue and grow this cheese career in a surprising way. Right. But then there's this like second wave group of folks who have, uh, it's either second career. I think you see it a lot with cheese makers more, Mm -hmm. maybe it's more public. The like second career I worked on wall street and now I'm going to buy a farm and kind of like contribute in that way.
1: But, um, there's some wonderful hmm. cheese makers that are in, that are, part of that Mm -hmm. situation. There's also cheese shops that are people's second acts, right? You know, they retire or they've made enough money doing one thing and they want to change. So they open a shop or there are people who are artists, Mm -hmm. freelancers who are looking to add this Mm -hmm. into their mix. There's a a number of people who are my age and older who I know Mm -hmm. are like, you know, I kind of, I, I have the flexibility and the liberty to be able to add something else I'm interested in and make some money, and then it leads to other things. I think this is a great field to be able to do something else right. um, when you're older. Mm. And I'm looking forward to the day where I can go back to the counter. Yeah. I'm fully you planning. Got, you got your eyes
2: on it, huh? Oh, my
1: gosh. My retirement will be when <laughs> I can, you know, pick up a few shifts at, like, the local cheese shop. Hopefully, we it. still have some. Yes. And, um... And go back to how I started. Yeah, But it is interesting to me when I look at people, I, you know, sometimes I look at like, God, if I, if I had known this earlier that I was going to enjoy this so much before mm. I had kids, mm-hmm. where would I be now? Like, what mm. would I be able to do? Because I think you do with, with more freedom and you can work longer hours and put in the hard work mm-hmm. to become a cheese maker, like start your own business. Um, I could never have done that, Right, but, um, But I'm happy with what I do now. Mm -hmm. I work with the most amazing people. I'm able to have some flexibility. Yeah. Um, Are you full time technically? I'm full time, right? Yeah. And there are weeks when things are a little slow. I have more breathing room. Mm. I can work from home. I can pick up a kid from her after school club, and um, and then there are there are weeks where I'm just like I'm slammed. Right. Um. But my family knows I love this work they mm. love you know when there's like extra, extra cheese. cheese they get the ancillary <laughs>
2: yeah. benefits there
1: and I know that a few people do this you know they plan their some of their vacations around mm. like visiting you know cheese makers mm-hmm. or farms or famous cheese shops and right um and so that's fun you yeah. know that you can to do that yeah but I do think it's interesting to be part of a group, particularly of women, hmm. um, in the New York Metro area, because we we do tend to socialize with yes, each other a lot. Yes, we have
2: our women in cheese. Our listeners know about women in cheese the yeah. gatherings that we do too.
1: Yeah, and just to see the different phases of life everybody's in, mm-hmm. and there are not a lot of moms. Yeah, but um, but it it's great. It's just it's just a really great community.
2: And I mean, I think also. It's like when I, you know, when I look around and I see, oh, this group isn't as represented as another group in our industry. When I think about moms or, you know, parenthood, it's sort of like, you have mentioned that it's, you know, financially, you you needed to work at one at some point, and you got and you also got priced out of Manhattan, which sounds like it led to your maybe leaving retail, but yeah, definitely. But also it's, um, I think health insurance is such a big issue for people. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the benefits that, um, are kind of, that you would seek when growing a family. Do you, at the time, were you getting those through cheese or have you gotten those through your, uh, husband's
1: work? No, I, they were through my husband's work, but mm-hmm. my husband at one point also wor- worked in a situation where that mm. wasn't there. It was we really a little bit of a scary moment there for a few months? But wow. um, no, it really is. You know, you find your passion, right? And he he found his. I found mine. Right. And we put it together. And our kids are seeing two parents mm. who love what they do. That's amazing. And that that has been the most important thing for mm. both of us.
2: Yeah. And it sounds like it's transferred to them. They're asking about where their friend's food's coming from, and that they're like
1: empowered with this uh, these passions that you've got. Yeah, well, we have one going off to college soon, and so it's like, <laughs> like, how much did I overdo it? You know, <laughs> like so. Um, no, but it's great, and and you know, it money money is always a stress, but um, mm-hmm. for anyone, you know, but yeah. Um, but, you know, again, we, we found a way to make it work, and we love what we do. Mm. Um, so
2: here's a question. What would you say, um, did you have any moments where you felt like the cheese path looked unclear to you? Like you didn't really, like in terms of charting your professional growth over these years, did you have moments where you felt like you weren't sure which direction to go in? Or have you kind of like stayed a a more steady course where you kind of like saw opportunities and knew they were coming along? I,
1: I try not to compare myself to other people, but smart move. uh, (laughs) But I definitely had the moments as I referred to earlier, where I felt like I got into this too late. And I, saw, I like, was thinking there were missed opportunities. Mm, where you and, saw
2: things that you, that were compelling, but you didn't. Yes, you, and it you was sort of felt limited and
1: right, right. And it. um, but I know I'm in the right place mm-hmm. when I um find a job where the person I'm working for, or someone I'm working with when we're in a time of serious stress, like mm. product doesn't show up or there's a really unhappy customer or something like that, right. when they say the words, it's just cheese. Yeah. I know I'm in the right place. I'm with the right people. Yeah. We we'll move on from whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world and and we're resilient, the business is resilient mm-hmm. and um And putting it into perspective, Mm. and um, and what I love about the job I have now is, you know, aside from the, you know, the people I work with who I really enjoy, the companies that we work with Mm. all have that same kind of approach to what we do, and that's why I think our industry is so compelling, Mm. and why we work hard to keep, you know, certain certain elements of our, of our industry, um, sacred because we don't want to lose that.
2: Hmm. If there's one thing that you could have changed along the way or in, in present day too, to make it easier for you as a parent working in the cheese industry, what would it have been?
1: Oh man. Gosh, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I think, um, I know what it is.
2: All right, let's hear it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would. I have a dream one day that I'm going to take that, the the certification. Yeah, the CCP. The CCP, mm-hmm. because that was something that also like showed mm. up while I was working. I think it, it actually the first year they offered it. I was working at Lucy's Way, mm-hmm. um, and I that is the one thing that parenthood gets in the way of. I cannot find the time to study. Right. So I that is still a goal. It's still something because mm. I do in talking with people like. The personal accomplishment mm. of doing that yeah. I feel like would be it would
2: be really fun yeah and it's almost so it sort of sounds like what could have helped was maybe work time for studying you know because yeah. in a way it's like you I mean you I, I, I took that exam I'm a mm-hmm. CCP and I, I mean it wasn't like I didn't get like part of my shift at work to study, to prepare. I It's mean,
1: professional I, development. Right. You know, so, you should. Yeah,
2: it's interesting. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's an, that's an interesting, you know, we, I talk on air to a lot of retailers, especially with, you know, limited bandwidth financially, kind of traditional, very traditional business models. And it's like, how can we be more compelling with the benefits we can offer to people with what we have to work with? And I think time you know, you just said it. It's like you chose this path for flexibility more than anything else and time to have an achievement like that could yep. be helpful.
1: Well, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you're, um, the people you work with, people who are managers or buyers or are your, you know, your boss, mm-hmm. there are people who are seasoned who maybe have gone through a lot of professional development themselves and they're passing that on to you. Mm-hmm. And, you can get professional development on the job all the time, which right. I think when I saw that part-time cheesemonger positions open and they, that's what, that's what they were extending. I yeah. Mean, that
2: was sort of like, there the aren't, pitch. <laughs> there
1: aren't a lot of people with this experience out there so that a lot of places have to train you, Yeah, but they're investing in you. Right. right. And Good hopefully point. it'll, it'll pay off <laughs> not just for mm-hmm. you, but for the people who's, cheese you're selling Mm -hmm. and for the whole food system Mm -hmm. because i do think we have the power to influence that totally and when you have kids um and you start to see like what school lunches are Mm. really like or what kind of food kids are really eating and, and the way that families um families eat and birthday part you know like just how much of a role food plays in our lives and then you step outside of your bubble and um we have we have the ability to influence that Hmm. so um sometimes I think about going in that direction yeah um but I think I am already in it
2: yes you are you're (laughs) in you're in a you know a segment of it it's it's the specialty food part of it I think it's definitely that's what you're doing so yes wow yes I love that Well, I can't believe it, but we're coming to the end of our episode.
1: Good times. Good times. (laughs) Okay.
2: I'm going to, I want, before we really finish up, I want to ask you one more question. Okay. Um, What is the most recent cheese that you have eaten for pleasure? Not for just tasting a a product or making sure a sample was okay. Oh
1: man. Okay. Okay so I'm like I have to mentally scan my refrigerator there's so much cheese in there and the last thing I ate was um how fitting a Vermont creamery cupole oh perfect awesome yes that's such a delicious and fabulous oh, cheese it's, it's like ice cream to mm-hmm. me I it really it. is it's a
2: snowball I feel like Cremant gets a lot of the glory but cupole is dear to my heart
1: Mm hmm. Uh, Mine too. Mine too.
2: Awesome. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear about your experiences in the cheese industry during different phases of your life. Is working in cheese helping you achieve other life goals, or does it make it harder? Please keep the conversation going with us on Twitter and Instagram at CuttingTheCurd, or shoot us an email at Curd at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd.
0: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork.